What up, fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop with the Franchise and Biko. It's the podcast and all things pop culture. I'm your host, the Franchise, and of course, it is my co-host with the most, the brother from the same mother, Biko. Hello. Hey guys, it's pretty much the last day of March as of this recording, so we're still on the whole, the whole nation pretty much is still under the stay-at-home order. I think uh, right now we're in Illinois, they just extended it to... The same date as the federal social distance guidelines have been extended to April 30th. Of course, no sports still. Um, baseball right now, they're trying to slowly probably start the season sometime in June. Um, try to get some spring training done between mid-May. No word in the NBA or, you know, what's going on with that. Same thing with the football, well, soccer as Americans call it. Um, pretty much, you know, the whole world's basically, this year's become pretty much like a sleep. Over a year, basically. Because a lot of stuff's getting pushed back. Like, a lot of movie releases are getting pushed back to next year. Of course, the Olympics are getting pushed back to next year. So, trying to find as much news as we can. Um, one thing I do want to mention that was announced. Um, Christopher Maloney is coming back to the world of Law & Order. It's been announced that he's coming back to start a spinoff. Which, for 13 episodes, you know, possibly on the organized crime unit. So... You know his character, yeah. So he'll be back as Detective Stabler, but pretty much heading over a crime division. So it's kind of fun. Um, of course, you know um, WrestleMania is going to be coming up this weekend. Of course, it's pre-taped. It'll be shown two nights. It'll be shown this coming Saturday, April fourth, and April fifth on the W Network. But big news is that Fox Sports One has exclusive uh, has um, preview rights to it. So if you have the Fox Sports app or the Fo- the Fox app itself, you can buy the I think you can buy the whole series, the whole thing for just sixty bucks for two nights. Mm. So it's not bad. Because I know a lot of like the Comcast and all the mm. other cable providers are charging for both nights like separately. But I think if you go to the Fox Sports one app, you can get it like just one price for both nights, which is kind of cool. Mm. Of course, tomorrow being April Fool's Day, of course it's like. I don't know what kind of pranks you guys are going to pull because we're all stuck at home. <laughs> Unless you work in essential business uh, as myself. Um, I also want to say, you know, big props to the medical people, people that work in grocery stores, you know. Pretty much people working in essential businesses, you know, they're on the front lines. They're trying to take care of people as we're going through this crisis around this pandemic. And, you know, I want to say thank you to everybody. Um, as myself, I work in essential business, you know. Try to see, try, we're trying to keep like the flow going, you know, try to keep the Comic Con going, even though a lot of places are taking it hard due to the, you know, the pandemic right now. And of course, you know, we just had, like the U.S. has passed um, the world for most cases right now. And I think right now, like, we live in Kane County right now, there's been like seven confirmed deaths so far from COVID-19. But like I said, we're doing our best to try to hang in there. <laughs> yeah. So, um... Wanted to bring on today's topic, you know, it's one of the things that I've been seeing online on Facebook and Twitter is about Tiger King. Um, it's the documentary series that was released what, last week, I believe it was released. If I'm not mistaken, it was released last week. Um, no, I think it was released in March. Like sometime last week or was it? Been, no, it might have been the new content they uploaded in March. Like Maybe earlier this month? Yeah, because they always upload new content every month, being in the month. So I think they might have put it in the beginning of the month on Netflix. It's Netflix original documentary, so I mean, it could have just been randomly dropped. But yeah, it was it's it wasn't the top trending. It might be I don't know if it's number one anymore, but it's definitely it's top ten. 
but it's been on, it's only been on the the platform for a little. It's about to be a month coming up. So yeah, um, still if very fresh. If you haven't seen it, like I said, I just saw the documentary this past weekend. Um, you know, my folks saw it as well. Um, pretty much, it's like I said, it's a documentary on 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 Netflix, and basically, it's about like you know. The whole um, a big cat breeding and pretty much having these private no not like I don't say private zoos if you want to say it more more private zoos. there are private zoos by these eccentric people I have to say at the beginning because you know we are gonna have some spoilers of this discussion um, and you know the whole purpose of breeding cats for profit because I know it's like yeah you can go to like a public zoo you know like you know Lincoln Park Zoo or Brookfield Zoo something like that like we have here in Illinois and also like other states but. It's just people that supposedly, you know, their big passion is big cats, you know, bring aware. I mean, some people do, like, you know, to bring awareness to big cats. Others, like I said, they do it for profit. And, of course, on this documentary follows, you know, pretty much follows, like, three people from three different states. Um, you got this guy, go Joe Maldonado Passage, who ran this... Ran this uh, also known as Joe Exotic. Joe Exotic is his name. Um, he ran this uh, this um, zoo, this cat park in Oklahoma. Then you have Carol Baskin, who runs you know, the, the the big cat sanctuary in Florida. And then you got um, Doc Ansel, who runs this thing in Carolina as well. And he, like I said, all three of them, you know, they're they're all involved with each other in some sort of capacity. They all have their own. Uh, Joe Exotic and Doc Animal were uh, do have some sort of, uh, I guess you could say, acquaintanceship with each other. With... They know of each other. They've they've been around each other. They've worked. They've spent time with each other, kind of trading. Yeah, but I think Joe Exotic. Yeah, I think he did mention the episode that he went to Doc Animal yeah. just to get like some. This is his park. He invited him over, so like they both essentially have private zoos because they. I guess grew up in their adolescence and had a strong attachment to tigers, so, uh, strongly enough and specifically enough tigers. And both of these men individually gathered their own land and and were able to spring up their own private zoos with with a, a large amount of tigers. And they use that and they use that and present these zoos to the public in exchange for money. So their businesses essentially maintain these tigers to show them off, sort of like a non-portable circus. And Carol Baskin, who is the who is the other tiger owner, claims that she owns the sanctuary. And all and she's and doing it for the sake of bring awareness, bring awareness to these tigers. Try to get this uh, bill, like this bill. She's trying being, being exploited. We'll say. Like the bill, trying to get this uh, safety bill passed to pretty much prohibit the sale, breeding, exploitation of, you know, Tiger. Ti- big cats, you know, for profit, basically. However, Joe Exotic was coming at her with other legal suits uh, and trying to show the hypocrisy of Carol Baskin's character and what she's running as far as her tiger's uh, quote-unquote sanctuary is concerned, um, which is reflected in the documentary. Uh, so we're only sourcing at the documentary that's on Netflix. We're not sourcing something else. So No, like yeah, like the articles I'm, I'm pulling up right now are all I'm from comic.com. Things are coming out now, obviously, because 
uh, he he's been a uh, joke's act specifically because that's what the documentary is centered around mm-hmm. as a protagonist of this narrative and what has actually happened. Uh, he was in another documentary years ago with uh, Louis Theroux, uh, a famous documentarian uh, from the UK, and he's done a lot of things for BBC. And he documentary he done a documentary with him back in the early two thousands uh, with Louis Theroux and. Uh, I think it was around the same park, but he, that's when he was building it up. So definitely, uh, they touch upon it, the earlier parts of Joe's Exotic's first um, exposure on TV, mm-hmm. uh, as compared to Doc Antle's. But they don't touch it a lot on his younger parts of his career. They, uh, But that documentary, I think, if you guys dig it up, it was on HBO uh, in the earlier days when he still had his show on there. Uh, either HBO or Showtime. But... Um, Joe Exotic, he, what a fucking guy. He's just. So, he, I would say to me, he's he's, he's a character, definitely a character, because the whole story just unravels into something wild. If if you guys, the thing is, it's hard to call it a documentary. They they call it one like these things they call it a series, like a true crime series, type of thing. Yeah. It, it is a documentary because they are sharing a story. Because it's hard, it's hard to watch this and not feel some sort of because we're talking about a lot of cringy stuff but this is yeah. definitely under a cringe side sort of like to see the amounts of I guess to see a side of humanity because um, we are I guess sort of spoiling it but not we're kind of painting a picture of it because I do want people to see it yeah I mean we, we'll try our best to like like I said we might have some minor spoilers like, as I said, this is like a discussion. We want to give you guys our opinions on it. I mean, definitely we do suggest you guys check this out. If you guys want to go ahead and check it out and come back and listen to, you know, what we thought of it. But we want to at least give some background to what this documentary is. You know, we'll talk about each person, you know, involved in this documentary and try to get as much information as you can from the internet. Um, like I said, we it's a total of seven episodes, and usually they run between like 50 minutes to 40, 45 minutes to 50 minutes Pretty each. Mm-hmm. So it's like a quick binge if you want to do like binge it all. Like I said, um, I saw like, I pretty much binged the whole thing. Like we actually were at our folks, you know, we tried to prevent as much social distancing. So we tried at least to go check it out and see how they're doing. Um, and we decided to put it on, and we pretty much, my folks, were they got into it as well, and by the time we got back home, I I had like a couple more episodes to catch up on, and like I said, I stood up, you know, see the last two episodes, and it just, you know, it kind of blew my mind a little bit, because it's like, you know, I'm a fan of tigers, you know, lions are cool and everything, but it's like, the the one thing I took away from this whole thing is just, uh, I feel bad for like the animals themselves, because they're they're put in the middle of it, I mean, they, they don't have a voice, um, they can't say anything, you know? The animals and the and the people who crush treat them. It's like. Because they all run some sort of weird organization of people who. who have a love for these animals and a love for second opportunities. Because a lot of people kind of get. It's Oklahoma, South Carolina, Florida. So these are southern states. Um, and a lot of people get involved in. Specifically in Joe Exotic's farm, or I guess you could say Sue, he employed people, misfits you can say, people who have a past, rough past, or who have run-ins with the law. But like, Joe, Joe's 
character at the beginning definitely was very he brought on as a, a person he was very likable uh, but as as the narrative of the documentary went through it, it shows kind of his I guess you could say fall from grace and his world. like paranoia and stuff yeah, like he tried to go own, into his own demise so yeah. if like I said um, I do want to read the, I'm going to read this this is from Wikipedia this is on Joe Exotic um, Joseph Allen Mount Passage or Shh Schirberger was born May, March 5th, 1963. Um, he was 1963 in Garden City, Kansas. He grew up working on a farm in Kansas where he was five years old. And apparently, according to this Wikipedia article, he was raped by an older boy. Hmm. Um, pretty much, uh, he worked at various jobs before opening up pet stores, Butter Garrett, in Arlington, Texas in 1986. After his brother's death in a car accident in 97, Exotic sold the pet store and purchased a small 16-acre Oklahoma farm. Two years after his brother's death, the farm opened as Gerald Wayne Exotic Animal Memorial Park as a dedication to his brother. Two of Gerald, Gerald's pets were the zoo's first inhabitants. This is um, just basically, I'm going to read, guys, this is straight from Wikipedia. In 2000, Exotic acquired his first tigers, two band tigers, to feed his rolling zoo of big cats. He took in horses that were donated to him. He would shoot the horses and feed them whole to the tigers, lions, and other big cats. For over 20 years, he was known as John Exotic, the owner and operator of the Greater Winewood Exotic Animal Park, known for its big cats. He operated an online reality TV show that he screened from the zoo over the years. He operated side shows around the country where he allowed people to get to pet the tiger cubs. He's on reality show. He also staged shows at fairs and shopping malls. Um, like I said, I'm just going to get back on because there's like more stuff here. But like I said, you got to watch the documentary. I just wanted to give like a, some kind of background off on him. Um, of course, he also did music. <laughs> Apparently, he was an aspiring country singer. He had several albums recorded and then he had music videos. Uh, it seemed that he was playing and singing. But it's come to light that all of his music of Joe Exotic albums were apparently written and performed by our artists. Mm-hmm. Um, he tried to go into politics. Um, it's actually mentioned in the documentary. He tried to run for governor of Colorado. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, of Oklahoma at the time. He was yeah, running for the Libertarian par- uh, primary. Um, I don't want to get in too much until later in the podcast about you know the end of the documentary because it talks about like here in, the, in his profile on Wikipedia. It talks about you know. Wrestling convection and all that stuff. I, we'll get into that. Um, his personal life here, he is openly gay. His first husband was Brian Ryan, who died of complications from HIV in 2001. He had three other husbands. John Finley, Travis Monano, and Dylan Passage. Nano died in an accident involving a fire in October 2017. One of his husbands. One of his husbands. He was employee at Soyuz um, His recent marriage was to, Dil- to Passage on December 11, 2017. So this guy, the, the, his first husband, one of his husbands, passed passed away, and then two months after that, he meets this past Jane Passage or something. Dylan like Passage. Dylan Passage fellow, like nineteen year old kid. I think uh, John Finley ended up just like separating because he uh, he was messing with one of the other camp uh, workers there at the zoo. He impregnated her and, and kind of just like ran away with her essentially. Like distanced himself he away. Because he wasn't gay, he was actually straight. It's just so strange. But uh, I think when the Tyler passed away, that kind of ha- I think that all that was spiraling after that. They cover it in the documentary, but they kind of go shortly after that on his part. But mm-hmm. uh, he mentions that. And so, 
that he married is just Dylan Passage kid two months after uh, his first. He starts seeing him. Yeah. Yeah, like two months later. And then marries this guy uh, within that. So it's just like right away he's already married to another guy. And so he's not polyamorous again. But he is married again. So we see this guy making erratic decisions. Uh, and kind of using his husband's death to his advantage. Because he was doing this while running for governor of Oklahoma. So all that stuff was happening during this. And he was using everything... I guess you could say all the events that was happening around his and him, like his reality show that he was hosting himself. Like he, was, he, he turned his whole life to like a Truman show, mm-hmm. essentially. So he went ahead and was using all that, even his husband's death, into his platform for his campaign. So it was just very weird um, to see somebody <laughs> quit the character of Joe Exotic go through this. Alright, so that's yeah. Joe Exotic for right now. Like I said, we'll get to more of the other stuff later. We want to introduce the other um, individual that was focused on the documentary as well. Um, it's a long name, but... Mahama Yavi Bhagavan Anto, also known as Doc Anto. Um, he's an American... Well, we'll refer to him as Doc Anto, so I'll make it easier. He's an American wildlife enthusiast, trainer, business person. He's the founder and director of the Institute of the Greatly Endangered Rare Species... Um, a 50-acre wildlife preserve in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. He's also an owner of Myrtle Beach Safari, a tour that runs through the preserve. And so has faced criticism from animal welfare activists and zoo experts. He identifies as a big cat conversationalist. Um, here's a little, there's not that much on this, wiki, on this Wikipedia profile, but I'm going to read verbatim what it says. Um, Antel claims to have earned a Doctor of Natural Sciences degree from the Chinese Science Foundation in 2001. Antel was on stage with Britney Spears during her performance of I Am a Slave for You single at the 2001 MTV Music Video Awards, which featured a caged tiger wrangled by Antel and a large albino python draped over Spears' shoulders. Antel has other ties to Hollywood, having worked as an animal expert on films like Dr. Doolittle, Ace Ventura Pet Detective. He also frequently appeared on late-night talk shows and also provided creatures from movies including The War. The Jungle Book, Ace Ventura, What Nature Calls, Mighty Joe Young, and The Jungle Book 2. I mean, and it says here, like I said, he's doesn't have much on his Wikipedia profile. Um, oh, excuse me. But like I said, like I said, like Doc Hansel, yeah, like with his, like his, like, zoo, it's like, it's more like an interactive. Think about it. He has people playing, like, touching the cubs and stuff, like the tiger cubs and lion cubs and stuff. But it also has this thing where he has these assistants, which, you know, watching a documentary are more than just assistants. And it's funny because they have one of the, like, one of the people on the, the character, one of the workers who used to work for him, explains to her, on her side, you know, the recruiting process through Doc Anso, what she had to go through. He's, he was... He seemed has he has seemed to create himself a pretty cozy life. We'll say he has like three. His work he he kind of I guess you could say groomed his workers to also be his like companions. You can say mm-hmm. so. This is his wife's kind of like, like a harem, basically. So he was running like a weird cult. I was like, and yeah. a couple of them knew it, except they interviewed one of them who was only there. She was there in the, like from the late nineties and up to like two thousand and five, I think they say. But, I mean, she was pretty. Seemed like she was pretty legit, but um, it was early on. She was there when she was like I think she was right after college, but she was seventeen. Mm-hmm. Then she joined it right after she left her town, 
and then went to the program and they said with six months they changed their name and she got a piercing and all this other shit. And but there were he already had um, I think two women there already. Mm-hmm. So like he kind of did it the uh, I can't say Mormon style. I don't know what religion that is, but the one you do one after the other. You share both of them with their wives and, and stuff. So like they they turned it. He, he made, they made it seem like he had a sex cult that also had a tiger zoo. But yeah. it was too obvious. He was just a cult leader, but he also had some sort of ties to Hollywood because he was doing Britney Spears' thing. Like, so he was like he a consultant. Shit too, yeah, man. like I said, he did. Like, he was like a consultant on, you know, productions when it comes to, like, animals. Because that's how he met, that's how he met, uh, what's his name, Joe Exotic. Because that's how they came across. Cause yeah, they came across the same channel. They came across it like these... Expos, these mm-hmm. wildlife expos. Like I went to expos like this. So I can imagine these people do the same thing. Because um, they they just get, they breed these animals and shit. They get them from somewhere. Like I know they they hold them as sanctuary, but it's still privately owned and it's very ethical lines with that. And, and I think watching this documentary is as wild as the people are. I think like it's getting people hopefully more aware of the animal aspect to this because like. It's hard. It's like the. It'd be. I think it like watching this film. It re- always remains underlying when you watch it because the mm-hmm. people are so wild. Like the tiger. We know tigers are 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 wild. Like they're big cats, and naturally we would be feared because they're predators and they're bigger than us. And tigers can fuck us up. Let's be honest here. Tigers can eat us up. Be fuck us up. So we watch this, but like that, the the people that the. That documentary centered around are so ridiculously they're ridiculous humans that like you you watch this and the, and the tigers are the underlying factor in this and it's like oh wait it's sad because they're the byproduct of their like incompetence you could say right because mm-hmm. god we Joe Exotic was unraveling is ridiculous but then you see uh, what's that guy's name Joe uh, um is it Newsom? Uh, the guy who buys the park. Who oh, Jeff Lowe. Jeff Lowe, who swindles the park for him, essentially. Yeah, he ends up becoming um, like the new owner. Yeah, he swindles his ass for the park. So he owns Greenwood Park. Um, and then Greenwood County Park, I think. And then um, you see Doc Antle kind of having to go on the defensive of talking about like his lifestyle and you could see his privacy and, and his alleged ties to all these people, such as Jeff Lowe and, um, and, and Joe Exotic. They show his relationship more with him because there's actually footage of him, video footage, and they show it in a documentary. But uh, Jeff Lowe and his ties with him and um, Carol Baskin and her ties with all, all of them and how they know of each other. It gets ridiculous. And, and then her, the legal battle that's going against him and Joe Exotic, which leads to, I guess you could see the major unraveling of Joe Exotic, which is leading to kind of like the climatic conclusion to our fucking uh, Tiger King kind of escapade that is what it ha- what transpired not even like five years ago? Well, this was well a like I said, we'll get happened. into that, but yeah. speaking of Carol Baskin, let me read up what the the Wikipedia page has on her. Um, she was born on June 6, 1961 on the Lakeland Air Force Base in Baxter County, Texas, United States. It says here, in age of nine, Baskin expressed interest in saving cats, but decided against pursuing a career in veterinary medicine after she learned how to euthanize animals. 
Baskin dropped out of high school, left her home at age 15 with a local Roman Rick employee. She hitchhiked back and forth between Florida and Bangor, Maine, where she was asleep under parked cars. Baskin later purchased an orange Datsun truck and slept in the back with her pack hat. Baskin returned to Florida and worked at a department store where she began a relationship with their boss, Michael Murdoch. Age 17, Baskin moved in when Murdoch got married, had a daughter. To make money, Baskin began breeding show cats. Baskin also began risking bobcats and attempted to use llamas for a lawn trimming business. Baskin later has become involved in a real estate business with her second husband, Don Lewis. Mm-hmm. And her career says here, Baskin and her then husband, Don Lewis, founded the Big Cat Rescue. Animal Century near Tampa, Florida for Big Cats. In 92, Baskin is the current chief executive officer of Big Cat Rescue. She also has used social media such as Facebook and YouTube and her Cat Chat podcast, Room for Big Cat Activism. That's right. March 2020, it says here, right now, her, right now it says here, March 2020, Big Cat Rescue temporarily closed to the public due to the 2020 coronavirus pandemic in Florida. But, it, man, let's go into detail with, um, her marriages, because apparently she was married like three times. Um, it says here at age 17, Baskin moved to Michael Murdoch, her boss at the department store. They married in April 7, 1979. She claims she never only, she claims she never loved them and only married them because her parents were disappointed they had been living together outside of marriage. Soon after Baskin became pregnant, her daughter Jamie Veronica Murdoch was born on July 16, 1980. Over time, Murdoch became possessive and physically abusive. At age 19, Baskin threw a potato at Murdoch as she attempted to attack her and she ran out of the home barefoot. That night, Baskin first met Don Lewis on Nebraska Avenue in Tampa. Yeah, she was crying or something on the side of the road or some shit. Yeah, so, and it says here, Baskin and Lewis engaged in an affair while both were still married. A couple divorced each of their spouses and married in 91. According to Baskin, Lewis was a sex addict who would take monthly flights to Costa Rica where Baskin was on her menstrual cycle. In July 97, Lewis filed a restraining restraining order against Baskin, claiming that Baskin had threatened to kill him. Their restraining order was rejected. Baskin claims Lewis filed her standard because she would haul off some of his property wherever he visited Costa Rica. Lewis disappeared in August 97. The Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office filed an unsigned foul play at the state jury and visited Costa Rica as part of the investigation. Lewis was declared legally dead in 2002. The case is still open. This yeah. year, Carol Baskin met Howard Baskin in November 2002 at a kickoff party for the newly formed Normal Homeless Pets Organization. Howard Baskin soon joined Big Cat Rescue as the chairman of the advisory board. In November 2003, Baskin proposed to Carol. The couple married in 2004. And then he talks a little bit about the feud they have. With uh, Joe Exotic? Yeah, the, the Tiger King documentary. So, that's the three big players pretty much what this whole documentary kind of focuses on. If the you Game want. of Thrones for Tigers. Game of Thrones, but the Tigers are put in the middle. So, let's get down to the actual... Meet of it and talk about the documentary in general. So, it's got the, all the episodes here. I'm like, I'll say, like, of all the episodes, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a bunch of them. There's a couple. Yeah, a bunch. About seven episodes. Like, season. I mean, overall, of all the three, I mean, I mean, there's also some articles, guys, I just pulled up after the documentary, so there's a lot of stuff getting, like, put up afterwards, but on your opinion, Biko, um, of all these three people, what, what is your opinion of them after watching this documentary? For these people? Of all three of individuals. You are crazy. Um, they're all at fault here. Uh, and a lot of things, uh, they're definitely not perfect by any means. Um, I mean, obviously Joe, I don't want to spoil the ending, but, um, so like, with his case, he kind of 
since they centered around Vista-wise, uh, the documentary exposes that, so I would say his downfall was the most impactful because he, uh, I guess you could say his, his principles were there with the Tigers as far as raising them, but he had weird ways of going about it as far as having a zoo. He saw himself as this big, larger-than-life character, so he latched on to something that he loved, and he blew that up. Everything he would do, he blew it up. Like, he would do his own reality show, he did his own park, he fucking... He somehow would scrape the money to get to do this. He turned two guys, straight guys, gay. He fucking, like, it's just like flamboyant, weird character that, like, in Oklahoma that owns a tiger park. And then you got Doc Annell, who has his own park, but is also, like, a weird sex cult that he's running because he has all female staff. I think we have one male and staff, and that was a yeah, male staff. Yeah, the ones that probably handle the tigers. They're the ones that do the shows at the park for him. Like, they do the guided tours. But they're all women that he eventually has a relationship with, and they all have, like, he has three or four girlfriends, because everybody calls them wives. And they all are young, and they're underage when they first start working at the park. So it's questionable that he's somewhat are killing these girls. But it looks like he's taking care of the animals, though. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they maintain the park a lot with a lot better means, because different state, and I don't know, whatever money he's pulling in. I think Doc Animal's been doing it longer than Joe Exotic. Yeah, because he's been, apparently he to, he's been yeah, doing a lot. Yeah, because Exotic went to his park first. To get, like, an idea. Because uh, he didn't have a park yet. And then he went over to Doc Animal. To get a then, good idea of it. Yeah, then he saw what he was doing. He started, because that's when he barely got the two tigers, remember? But he didn't have no space. Because he got the tigers from his yeah. brother, yeah. Then he got obsessed. Cause he won- so, literally, Joe Exotic went into this because of his... To, to make his brother's dream a reality. So, you see, like, even then... It's like, who who cannot want to relate to something like that? Like, because he wanted to make his dead brother's dream a reality in, in his reality. So, like, mm. Joe, Joe had even had a good reason for opening the park. It just sucks that they have to use ca- captivity as a way of making money. Because um, all these tigers, by all three of these people, were rescues, quote-unquote. From other sites, yeah. But they were essentially purchased by other people who probably got their breeders. Mm-hmm. Or they got stolen. So, nonetheless, guys, like the means of it was terrible. Carol Baskin and comes into this with a, such a weird thing. Um, they're all just there's like levels to just the 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 craziness of these people. I guess you could say I hate crazy subjective, but we'll say like the levels of like questionable morals or characteristics of these people. Like Joe. I, it's just a crazy character, and then Doc Animal's kind of smug about it, and Carol Baskin is just a nutcase that probably killed her husband. But uh, you'll see in the documentary uh, how it paints out with that case, because they kind of cover that part too. But she she seems like somebody who thinks that she's doing the right thing, but she's not. She's because not if you notice, like she's like she's going after like. But yeah, like they're all are... denying. They're all in, in denial for some sort of thing in their own in their own operations. They're like if denial. you look at yeah, I mean the way they run their own. Things. The way they would run each one run, um, because yeah, like if you see like yeah, like Joe's like cages are big. You know, they're, they're the, the animals got open. You know, they got open almost like open field, and it's like, I mean, 
it's not like Doc Annals where Doc Annals, like, he'll bring the animals out and interact with the people, for, and then they, they do the tours and stuff. When it comes to Carol Baskin's case, it's like, if you look at her part, she's gotten caged up as well. It's terrible. It's even worse than what Joe Exotic and Doc yeah, Annals had. And, and she's trying to claim that, you know, I'm not going to throw sand, like, throw, like, you know, locks into the fire, but, like I said, watch the documentary, but I understand she tries to mean well, but it's like she's trying to pass this. The whole thing too about it's like her trying to pass this bill, but the big. But she's doing the same thing. But she's claiming that you know she's the rescues. But based on what I read in Wikipedia, like I don't know Wikipedia would be a credible source, but saying that she purchased like these bobcats. It's like she purchased. So it's the same thing. She's. It's almost like you know, like Joe Zach calls her a hypocrite, and it's kind of like, kind of like hypocritical in the in the sense that it is hypocritical. She's running it. I mean, you, money. It's like raising these animals are not cheap. You need to get something somewhere. And like and with Joe's case, he ended up getting him having businesses donate, you know, meat to the park, so you know, to feed the taxes. It's like it's not not um cheap to maintain animals. So you need to get money out there. Like it could be like admission or you know souvenirs. Or I, you can tell all of them were have gift shops. They're all you know selling souvenirs just so that money that money can go towards you know, the maintaining and care of the animals themselves. Um, I mean, the only thing I kind of liked from this documentary was that we didn't see that much animal abuse. Like we didn't see much more until the end. Um, which we'll get to, but I didn't see much animal abuse at all out of the three. Like, the animals were eating, you know, they were being cared for, they were playing around with. But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it is illegal to try to breed these animals, you know, because they're being bred in captivity. They just shouldn't be in captivity in general, but they are. That's the problem with their captivity. So they are abused. Mm-hmm. It's just terrible. And my opinion of all three of them, I will say, um, I mean, Joe Exotic, to me, I, I see him as a character. I mean, it's somebody straight out of a, of a, like a movie, pretty much. I know he means well, but it's like to the point where, yeah, like after, you know, his other husband, Tyler, kills himself by accident, um, it... Gets to the point where he downloads Spryer, he brings this guy named Jeff Lowe, brings him in, you know, supposedly he's a financer, but he's a con artist. Because he needed money. He needed money because he was losing money um, because of what happened. And apparently, and of course, you know, this, they mentioned, you know, one of the workers that works for Joe ended up having her arm amputated because it got damaged by a tiger. It kind of hurt his, It kind of hurt the park's reputation because then people would be like, oh, it's not safe here. Mm-hmm. And the one thing is that that worker, you know... She decided to go back to work like days after that. She ended up losing her hand, basically her whole, pretty much her arm. And that's funny because she ended up going back to work. So it's like, it's crazy how she was doing that. And then, like I said, after you know, here we go, guys, some spoilers. But um, then Joe started doing all these videos against Carol Baskin, like he did the song against her, and the whole like the whole rumor about. That he, he was trying to say that she killed her husband or something, her second husband, and mm-hmm. all that, because of the disappearances. It does talk about it in a documentary. Um, and then, of course, Joe's, like, downward spiral, where he becomes more paranoid, and it kind of, you know, with Tyler's death, and, of course, you know, with him not getting, you know, the governorship, 
of Oklahoma kind of hurt him as well financially and then Jeff Lowe. So he started getting paranoid. And before we get to the end, um, Doc Ansel, to me, I saw Doc. Well, my impression of Doc Ansel, like I said, oh, this guy's a professional. You can tell he's been on late night talk shows. You know, he handles animals pretty yeah, he well. Out, yeah, he came out. He handles pretty well. He's a consultant. He's like the one, the, looks like he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Yeah, great composed, you know, not. The Walmart of. Tiger breeding. Pretty much the Walmart tiger breeding. <laughs> yeah. um, but the one thing that kind of irks me for the fact that, that like you said, Biko, like pretty much, you know, he pretty much has a harem. I have to say harem. Because it's like, especially with that one girl, that one girl who used to work for him. Mm-hmm. And she even saw herself that he, that the reason why he hired these people, like the, the application process, all that stuff and all the things that she had to go through. And she seems she and I like like it's like yeah he's basically starting here, <laughs> but I know the main girl like the main blonde girl is supposed to be like his girlfriend or wife or something, but she has the other girls there too. So like they yeah. all live at the park. That's the one thing that kind of kind of creepy is they all live there. So it's oh, like oh yeah, you're talking about Joe's uh, uh, Doc yeah Doc Annals Park. Yeah, they live there, so they hardly went out. And um, she like in the former girl, yeah, she's like had a camp. It looks like a cult. It was like a camp. That was like a cult type thing. And like the girl's like the only thing she regrets is she misses the tiger that she you know pretty much helped raise. Yeah. But she in her mind that she needed to get out of there before things got worse. Um, but overall, like and she was there for a, a good bit too. So. But but I saw that you know Diane wasn't like mean towards her or anything. Like he wasn't mean towards anybody. But it's like. But, of course, there's been rumors going around that, you know, he only keeps the animals up to the age where they're no longer, you know, considered the cuddly phase. You know, the more, like, as soon as they get more aggressive when they get older. Well, it's because him and Joe Exotic would run um, parks that let the public, the visitors of the park, um, do cub petting for money. And at a certain age, the tiger cubs aren't aren't as um, privy to human... Uh, public exposure mm-hmm. outside of uh, their trainers domesticating them because they get older and they're hormones, guys, hormones. So they, like the instincts kind of kick in a little bit, yeah, like the so animals instincts. He has his own crematorium in his in his park. Uh, Doc Handle does so, but he claims there that... have been some uh, third party research groups kind of looking into uh, exposing him, seeing if because uh, there have been uh, reports of finding tiger bones. On his premises, and he's trying to claim that that was just from old, uh, just old tigers that he's had in the past, and he had to euthanize them ground or euthanize them because they get super sick. But he, they could be reports that he's euthanizing them after they get out of, like you mentioned, the cute phase. It's like if you were getting euthanized at like fucking sixteen when you're getting all your pimples and stuff, and you're fifteen, sixteen, your voice changes and all this crap. It's like getting, a, it's like getting ixnate after high school. It's like, damn. So, it's like, that's a thing. All these people have their Achilles heel to them, but like, oh. But Carol Baskin, I don't have to give my opinion. Like, I'm you not, you know, I'm not. Gravy. I, my impression of her is, is self-delusional, egotistical, thinks everything she does is for the greater good. It is. But she... Kind of tries to play it off being playing the victim of the whole thing. If you look at the the whole documentary journal is Doc Ennis the composed one, Joe's the more flamboyant one, and Carol's supposed to be like the victim of all three. Yeah, Joe is convinced that he's like the good or uh, 
Doc Antle's convinced that he's like a good person, like he's running a clean operation. Like that's what he's co- like. He's convinced that he's living a life at his best means. Like he's he, like he walks like his shit doesn't stink. Like he clearly shows that. You know, for the camera, I just truly believe like that's who he is. Mm-hmm. Even if I were to real life and even reading uh, Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin, you can tell uh, more or less Joe that since he coexists with him more in this that like for a longer period that he that's generally how. Don yeah, especially when Joe's like, you know, that's kind of cool. They had to record when he was in. Like, oh, let's get to the end of it because, like I said, um, yeah. pretty much the, this whole like documentary culminates. You know, like I said, Joe was at the point he was losing the part. Jeff Lowe's taking over to the point Joe's getting desperate to the point he ends up like selling tigers off to different buyers mm-hmm. um, to make money to get money. Um, to raise money because apparently he's getting sued by Carol Baskin. She ends up copyright, copyright and some and of course the videos he did because he did a video. Pretty much he did like a song and like a he had like a song written about her and pretty much a video about her. You know she had he even had women portrayed her in the video. Of you know he kept saying that oh she killed her husband she fed her second husband to the tigers. And that's in the that's in the documentary. That's in the documentary, guys. But after that, it got to the point, you know, after you know Joe was selling up because it kind of shows in the last few episodes like his downward spiral, and he has up taking selling his last tiger cub to like a sanctuary apparently, but it's an undisclosed location. And of course, Jeff Lowe um, pretty much is starting to set up something in like Thackerville, Oklahoma, which is like a town that's like in the border between Oklahoma and Texas. It's like a, like the plot like the plot of land he's trying to set up is like near like a casino or something, like a hotel and casino. So, you know, Joe being you know paranoid, he gets to the point where he ends up you know he ends up hiring. Well, you're now you're just spoiling it. Though. Should I just spoil it or not? No, not really. It's a I, yeah. I don't want to spoil it too much, but. That's basically spoiled. Yeah, I should stop right there. But like I said, it gets to a downward spiral, which guys, you have to check out the last episode. But what the documentary shows, like it shows, you know, Joe at the beginning, you know, this whole thing about raising tigers, doing stuff for his brother, doing it on his brother. But it kind of portrays, like it shows, like each episode transitions to like a certain point of his life, you know, into that downward spiral. I think the filmmakers did a good job of it. Um, with yeah. Carol's case, you know, I do want to bring up some articles on Carol itself. Because it's like, um, because all of a sudden this documentary was released. It released the 20th of this month, this pa- this month. Um, here's an article. This is from comicbook.com. It's written by Aaron Barhart. And it talks about the zoo, Joe Zag Zoo. But like I said, guys, we want you to see the, the, the documentary. We want to spoil it. Um, pretty much according to this article... Despite a hit documentary that has been Netflix from a popular show this month, the greater Wynwood exotic animal park could be the brink collapse according to the interview with the producers behind Tiger King. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly about the limited series that dominated Netflix stats, social media life, here were the filmmakers, um, Eric Good and Rebecca Chalkin, suggested that the, the zoo heavily featured in the series is on a life support due to willing attendance. Good says he recently talked to Jeff Lowe, just who we're talking about. He's this guy who pretty much had investments. He had this other guy, I forgot his other name, the other guy's name Jerry something that was also like an investor or something like a businessman that's like the other dude Jeff Lowe no Jeff Lowe but that was the other guy like Jerry something he was a chubby guy. guy yeah 
jet ski guy. I don't know which one the jet ski guy, but it's another guy he brings in, like Jeff brings this other guy in. Yeah. But according to this article, Good says he starred Jeff Lowe, who told the producers the zoo is basically operating on fumes. Um, says he said he got along very. The uh, filmmaker said he got long, a long text from Jeff Lowe. He's operating on fumes. Says all I can tell you that he's basically operating on fumes. No one's going on. There's no source of income that's been going on for a long time. It's not something that just happened because of what's happening in the world today. Damn. Good points out that likely means bad news for the animals. As evidence in the documentary, as I've had perpetual problems footing the bill for the food to feed the hundreds of tigers at one wood. I think it's very sad what's happening to these animals, producer ads. And it's anyone's guess of what's going to happen to them. Some will be placed, but I would suspect a lot of them will die from starvation oh. and probably be put down. This is probably true for a lot of operations around the country right now that keep exotic animals, even big zoos are struggling right now to keep their animals. Just to get fucking food? Yeah, so. That's one thing that that's one article right now because, you know, it's sad guys. It's kind of sad. See, they just keep suffering, man. That was that was. Uh, I can't remember that guy's name. Uh, I thought it was Jerry Morrison, but he's the guy who owns the strip clubs in Oklahoma. But uh. He's another shady character, too. God, it's just shameful for the Tigers, man. It's sad. I figured that was going to happen. Because even then, even with that guy taking over the park, Jeff Lowe character, it seemed like it was going to go down to try. And like all the other workers, that I don't think they're with them anymore. No, I think it's kind of like... I wish they did... I wish they showed more of a holiday kind of show. Uh, if they found some sort of semblance from the aftermath of everything but yeah apparently yeah, like are, I guess um Joe's like I mean Joe's first husband John his ex um really who, who supposedly ran off with the job with the zoo secretary here's an article for combo.com he's kind of upset for the fact the way he like apparently um apparently he got his teeth fixed last year cause remember how I showed him toothless and stuff with no shirt and everything um, according to TMZ, Finley got his teeth redone in July 2019. She's going to complete the entire procedure at one time. They were to graduate. The dentist gave Finley a completely different, much healthier look. And he's apparently a little frustrated with Netflix for not using the footage home with the new teeth in the documentary. It says here, Finley also said that the losses he gave from genetic reasons, not drug use, and misusing meth, and are drugs all in with Joe, but he's been clean for the last six years. There's our from comicbook.com. Says while appearing on the lights out with David, which is not even remote interviews on YouTube, Finley said it's getting a teeth fixed the most painful than any of his tattoos. Said it took a while, but it took a good job. Took a good job to get it done too. It was painful for the first couple of weeks, but after I got them fixed the right way, they're perfect. Hmm. He said I got 51 tattoos, but I think my teeth were the worst part of it. <laughs> yeah, his tattoos are shitty. Pretty shitty tattoos. And then there's another thing here. See, this is one thing I wanted to get into because it does talk about Carol's like second husband, which I don't, know, I don't want to spoil for you guys. But of course, it does talk about a little bit like the back of Mary does talk about. second husband? Yeah, Who Don Lewis. It's okay. I mean, he's in there. The documentary here, it is an article from Kofi Alal from comicbook.com. It says here the sheriff um, is actually. Asking right now, um, pretty much uh, the sheriff's asking help to reopen the case of Don Lewis. 
he posted this on Twitter. Yeah. He's a sheriff in the county. It says here... It says here... Um, He posted this on Twitter. It says, since Netflix and COVID-19 has made targeting all rage, I figure it's a good time to ask for new leads. It says here, sheriff... He posted this thing on poster pretty much. And it says here from the poster, only you can help solve the Jack Don Lewis cold case. <laughs> Um, called the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office when he leads, so he's actually wants to open up the case. The second husband of... Of the second husband. Not the first husband. Not Murdoch, because that's who she left. Oh, fuck, that's right. The second husband of Carol Baskin. Oh, that means a new guy that they're I was like, oh, fuck, that's right. That means she was married. Not the... Cause I thought you were the one that's featured right now, the, she, that's who she's currently married. Yeah, I, I know that, but I'm saying... I totally forgot that she was married. This is her third. Fucking hate. Mm-hmm. Bitch is crazy, guys. Bitch is crazy. Yeah, so it's like a lot of reaction to this documentary. Like I said, we don't want to gain some more because we want to spoil it for you guys, but it's kind of like, it's one of those things where, uh, overall, it's like, I feel bad for the animals. You know, that's the only thing I can take from this, but it is an interesting documentary. I definitely recommend you guys check it out. You know, we want to give as much spoil. We want to give you guys like a background, but overall, I enjoyed the documentary. I thought it was well thought out. It shows the three different personalities, their different styles when it comes to raising and taking care of big cats. And pretty much what their passion was. But it gets to the point where it shows how much you can go for your passion. How much, you know, blood, sweat, and tears you go for your passion. But it's like, it gets to the point, you know, it all comes down, they all have in common. Money is a factor when it comes to this. This is the one thing that kind of ties it all together is like money. But yeah, but the other thing that ties it is their love for the animals. So that's something I cannot say negative about them because they did have a passion of taking care of the animals, trying to get people to understand, you know, a little what these animals are, what they go through. But overall, it's like, like I said, yeah, they have to be exploited. They're being bred, kept in captivity, you know. Not in their natural habitat. But I know they're trying to bring awareness to them and everything. You know, like I said, we got circuses. We got zoos that we go to now. We got circuses. But, um, like I said, it's something that definitely, guys, I do recommend you guys check it out. It's currently on Netflix right now. And, and Biko, you have any more thoughts on this documentary? Um, I, it's one that's definitely caught my attention, uh, this past quarantine season so far that we're in the beginning of it. At least, uh, that's a thing I binged in a night because it was just something I was just like, uh, I guess I'm, it was like a weird ride that you rate, you, it's like one of those virtual reality rides that you get in, it's like going, if you go to Disney or some shit. Um, it's just one of those things to where, uh, and so, um, okay, and yeah, and so I feel like it's a documentary you should check out, considering that Netflix has been pretty decent with, I want to say, uh, providing weird content that like some grabs some sort of cult following, and this is one of them to where. There's like memes so far. Yeah, it's hard not to. It's not. It's it's hard not to just watch spectacle because it's like it's it's good for anything. It's just something to get lost in during these weird ass times that we're in. 
it can't get any weirder than living in this quarantine shit right now, people. So, like, thing obviously it could get weirder. That's not a disclaimer. Like, things could get weirder, guys. But Tiger King is fucking weird, and you should watch it. I, that's my, like, opinion on it. I liked it. I thought it was good for what it was worth. It fucking kept me entertained. For me, enough for me to not watch a new series or something and watch that for seven episodes in. That's, like, almost seven hours of content. I watched it at night. I watched it probably five hours, but like, it's fucking something you can get lost pretty fast. In. Okay. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back and pretty much give you guys probably the next part of the episode. We'll pretty much more like recommendations of what to do while we're at this, you know, COVID nineteen time right now. So oh, I, mean, I thought it was just Tiger King. Okay. People kind of. I mean, wait. What else? What else can I do? Yeah, so we'll shit. pretty much end this. This will be a short episode, yeah, guys. So like, it's all about targeting, but definitely check it out. Um, do you have anything? Like, do you have anything on Reddit when it comes to like any reactions to the documentary from Reddit? Does anyone have anything uh, on Reddit regarding Tiger King or anything related to just, it? Just that uh, he definitely check to see if you can find the old documentaries he's in with Louis Theroux. Uh, that's how I found about it. He. He popped up on a lot of podcasts recently because a lot of people have watched. That's how I, I found out about it was through podcast listening. Um, and I caught on to just wanting to listen for it. And once I listened to everyone kind of, uh, at least the, the podcast I listened to, the people were talking about it. So if I was like, well, fuck, I better as well watch it. Because um, I didn't, it's, it's taking the memes, internet memes by storm right now mm-hmm. um, for whatever I've seen it. <laughs> in different iterations already but uh it, i'm not gonna be surprised I, it's gonna be my halloween costume fuck it <laughs> but um i i don't think if i didn't listen to it on podcast i wouldn't have checked it out so soon in the game but uh for i mean you had mentioned it's it was uploaded on the 20th which was a couple i mean literally 11 days ago yeah so it's about to begin it's the last day of march so I want to so, say, fucking it, guys, we're almost about to have like a month into quarantine. If you think I would say that. this is like second week so, of quarantine. Yeah. Um, as far as keeping busy, um, I want to say, I want I rec- I can't recommend video gaming enough. As far as getting into something that's different from out of your norm and of the quarantine ritual, I would say get into video games. Like so far, I was already thinking of getting um, Wheel of Fortune on the Switch because right now there's like <laughs> not even new episodes of Wheel of Fortune right now. So it's like, if you want to keep like your knowledge going, there's like Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, gaming wise. I mean, there's like board games, people like. There's like virtual ones. I've seen some other sites that are doing like virtual gaming, like you know. This this is one where you can play cards against each other online, like different card games and stuff. Or like D and D has Roll Twenty, where you can do like D and D sessions with digital mm-hmm. copies of the books, and you can do like an actual game room, and people can connect remotely, and you can do it through there as well. I mean, there's other options, guys. So um, definitely, this is gonna be a short episode. Like I said, it's all about Tiger King. I want to give some news tips. Um, we'll come back next week. We'll come back next week um, with a brand new episode. Um, we're going to go tackle the next, the top 25 Xbox exclusives. Well, we feel are the top 25. I'm going to span between Xbox, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. So it's not just on like one system, but all three of the Xbox family. The week after that, we'll do PlayStation of the whole PlayStation series. And then um, we'll, like I said, we got, we're trying to plan as much content as we get. 
ahead of time. Um, don't forget to check out our past episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Apple, wherever you get your podcast fix. Check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash talkandpop. You can post questions there. You'll get links to the episodes. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at TheFranchise85. You can check our page here. Our main page is anchor.fm slash talkandpop. Make sure to support the podcast. Buy our merch on Teespring. Um, make sure to listen to the story at, at the end of this podcast. Like I said, stay home. Be safe. Stay healthy. As always, I'm the franchise. Geek on and take care. Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise of Biko. Just letting you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com slash Talking Pop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Pops or Not logo on there. Also, we have stickers so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, wherever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care.